0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. is part three of our series, Me or Jesus? Me or Jesus? And um, we, we learned last week, how the Ten Commandments is relevant to us even at this time. And when we examine the Ten Commandments, we, we saw that the summary of the Ten Commandments is, is, is love God and love people. That 40% of the Ten Commandments is about loving God and 60% is actually about loving people, loving other people. And we explained that the the Ten Commandments opens up to us the struggle, the deepest struggle, the deepest struggle of mankind. And the ten of them are the ten deepest struggles of, of mankind. And we saw that the first commandment is the struggle with God, the battle with God, our wrestle with God. Everything can be summarized as like a tug of war, me or Jesus. Me or Jesus. Is it going to be my way? Is it going to be His way? Is it going to be my will? Is it going to be His will? So the, the first commandment is the battle with God, the struggle with God. The, the second commandment is the battle with worship. The third commandment is the battle with religion. The fourth commandment is the battle with time. The fifth is the battle with authority. The sixth is the battle with peace. The seventh is the battle with purity. The eighth is the battle with integrity. The ninth is the battle with truth. And the tenth is the battle with contentment. And, and when, through the power of God, we prevail in these battles, we are at peace with God. Our lives flourishes in our relationship with God and with men. With other men. We explained last week that God is all sufficient. God doesn't need anything to exist. We need things to exist. We need oxygen to exist. We need relationships. We need, we need God, you know. But God showed up to Moses in, in a burning bush. And the bush was not consumed. Because God was saying, I am... Who I am. I don't need to consume the bush. I don't need the foil of the bush. The foil of the wood. To stay alive. I am self-sufficient. And none of us is self-sufficient. Praise the name of the Lord. So we, we saw that. When God was establishing the first commandment. Which is. You will not have another God but me. God was setting it in the backdrop of love. And we, we saw that in, in the, the verse that preceded that God said, I am the God that rescued you from Egypt. I'm the God that rescued you from slavery. So God was saying, and the picture we painted was a picture of um, the prince, or the peasant that went to rescue the, the princess, you know? And, you know. And so God was saying, be mine. And if God is saying be mine, is different from when um, a kidnapper or a terrorist is saying be mine. Praise the name of the Lord. Today, we will be diving deeper and we'll be looking at the second struggle, the second battle. The first battle is the battle with deity, the battle with God. The second is the battle with worship, our struggle with worship, our wrestle with worship. In verse 4 of Exodus 20, God is saying to you and I, you must not make yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on earth or in the sea. You must not bow. To them, or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am what? I'm a jealous God. Now, if you look at the first commandment and the second commandment, they look like the same. The first commandment says, you will not have another God but me. The second one says, you will not worship another God but me. You know, and they kind of, okay, so, and they the same. But they are different because if the first commandment has to do with God asking our hand in marriage, <laughs> so to speak. If, if the first commandment has to do with God saying, I want to be yours, I want you to be mine. If the first commandment is about marriage with God, then the second commandment is about faithfulness to God. The second commandment is about faithfulness to God. You will not go lie with any other person. I mean, that's what God is saying. You will not go worship any other person. That's what God is saying. That's what God is saying. And it's interesting because, you know, God says you will not worship any other idol or any kind of image. You know, and as human beings, because God is a spirit and we can't see God... Because it's a spirit, we tend to imagine. Our imagination kicks in. We, we tend to imagine what God looks like. And that is why you will see that there are all sorts of gods in, in different cultures. And they are imaginations, if you will, of, of, of men. Men men come up with different creatures or paintings or, or graven images or or. Potters of clay to represent a deity or, 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 the, or God. And God is saying, you will not make an image to represent me. And we, we, we kind of easily fall into that trap because we want to have something tangible. We, we always want to fill in the blanks. We, we always like to, you know, to like, you know, complete the missing link. You know, I gave the story of um, Marifa and I listen to radio. I have some guy that's my favorite radio presenter ever, you know. people listen to radio here. Let me see your hands up. There's very few of us. Wow. The rest of you are like IT age. You listen to what, podcasts or what. <laughs> anyway, I, there's this guy my currently is my favorite radio presenter. You know? And, you know, my wife and I like to listen to him. I mean, he's just a very, he's a, he's a very authentic guy. And I like the way he tells stories. It's, it's, his radio name is um, Radio Paparazzi. I mean, do, have you guys heard of Radio Paparazzi? You know? Uh, uh, Muffy Jemba. I don't know him personally. I just like the guy. <laughs> I don't even know if he's said I don't know. But I just like the guy. You know, Muffy Jemba. I mean, I just like the way his mind works, you know? And... <laughs> And he has a co-presenter who is what? Sean Abadi. Like, oh, you guys didn't Sean Abadi. Like, the radio uh, most, most, most wanted. I mean, the dodgy fellow. <laughs> so to say. Now, those guys talk sports. They know football. I mean, you know, they are, the way of analyzing soccer is intri- very intriguing. Most people just go straight line. You know, they look at it from different you know, so I like listening to them. Now, over the period I've been listening to them, in my mind, I came up with an image of what Murphy looks like. And and you know, an and image of what Sean looks like because of what? I can't see them, but I can hear them. Then because of how I've heard them. And I I, I kind of had an imagination of what they look like. So did my wife. So one day we said, okay, you know, let's Google these guys and find out what they look like. So we we checked them out. I was shocked. In fact, for a few minutes, I didn't like the game. (laughs) You know, I was shocked because of what I saw. Interestingly, my wife too was surprised because you would think Sean was the big guy. Because of the way he talks, I think Murphy was this tiny, pesky guy, but it was the other way around. You know? so, so I was like, no, 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 this can't be true. No, that must be Murphy. No, this must be. And that was an illustration of how when we try to imagine what we don't know or what we haven't seen, we make mistakes. So God is saying, don't imagine me. Don't create a caricature of me. I know, you you, you know, because it is natural for us to create an image of someone we haven't seen. And the problem with our imagination is that they are faulty. Some people have created pictures of Jesus that they are carrying on their bracelets. It is idolatry. It is wrong. Some people are carrying pictures of Mary or, or, or bracelets of angels. Those angels look like midgets. Some people are carrying, you know, all sorts of things that they, they just want to associate with, with, the, with divinity so that they, they feel connected to God. You see, as much as those things may make you feel good on the temporary, it robs God of his glory. It robs God of his glory. Why? Because the truth is that God is greater than my highest imagination. God is greater than my highest imagination. God is greater than your highest imagination. Think of how powerful God is. Think of the most powerful being on earth. Guess what? God is more powerful than, than that. Think of how glorious God can be. As glorious as your mind can wrap around. Guess what? God is more glorious than that. Think of how loving a father can be. The most loving father ever. Guess what? God is more loving than that. Praise the name of the Lord. So, nothing in creation can fully represent the creator. And the creator is saying, don't make any grave image because you will fall short of my glory. God says in Isaiah chapter 46 verse, verse 5, he says, to whom will you compare me? He says, who is my equal? Who, who are you liking? Who are you going to liken me with? I have no semblance as to where nothing you can see. That can come close. So, imagination is good. Don't get me wrong. This is, I mean, God's a gift from God. God wants us to use our imagination. But you see, we can't know God simply by imagination, we must know God primarily by revelation. We can't know God by imagination. We have to know God by revelation. We have to know God by revelation of his word. He's revealed himself in his word. What does the word say? That is who he is. Beyond that, we have to know God by experiences, by in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. The depths that God opens to you. Whatever is revealed to you is revealed to you. Praise the name of the Lord. So God is who he is. God is a person to be loved. God is not a tool to be used. God is not an idea to be debated. God is not a position to be taken. God is not a force to be filled. God is a person to be loved. Wow. <laughs> Praise the name of God. And that is that's big. You know, there's this um, great thinker of, of um, is, is, is dead now, C.S. Lewis, many of us know him. There's this popular book he wrote, the um, tape Letters, you know. And in, in the book, he was, was explaining the concept of my, of how we, we misuse or are misled by the concept of my. And, and he broke it down into a, a spectrum, but I'm going, to, I'm going to simplify it to just three, of how we misuse the, the concept of of mine. And, 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 you know, if, if, if for instance, if you say my computer, then you say my wife, then you say my God. Sometimes, because it's the same my, we get confused. While we have moved from ownership. To worship, we have maintained the same word. When you say my computer, when you move to my God, you have moved from ownership, you own the computer, to worship. He he owns you. But we use the same my and it confuses us in how we relate and interact with God, with our wives or spouses or with computers. For instance, my computer... My computer is for my use, true or false. Your computer is for your use. My computer, I can shut it down. I can power it up. If I search for a file, I'd better find it. Right? My computer will do my bidding. If I say to my computer to go to the GFH website, what will it do? It will just go there. When I say to my computer to go to a funny website that I should not be going, what does the computer say? You just go there. My computer does what I want it to do. Now, guess what? If if my computer is getting slow and getting old and there's a newer computer out there, what do I do? I sell it and buy another one. I give it to someone and buy another one. I just put it under my bed and buy another one. Right? But guess what? My wife is different. Now, my wife is different. A man that cannot tell the difference is asking for trouble. My wife is different from my computer. My computer, I can feel my computer is, is 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 getting outdated and I can change it, right? I can upgrade it, right? I can buy another one, right? But if I think my wife is upgrading, what can I do? <laughs> I didn't hear you. <laughs> Baby is not me. It's demo. What do I do? It's my portion. <laughs> you know, the problem with us is that we can't tell the difference. We think that, oh, it's my... Co-. I mean, and I, I, I used to struggle with that when we first got married because, I mean, I struggle with that a lot because I, I, I have a, I'm a, I'm a computing background and I'm used to writing queries and querying databases, results coming out like that, depending, I mean, mostly in microseconds, the results are out. You know, I'm used to pressing a key and there's a response. So, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my wife. She's not responding. She, because she's not in the mood. I didn't understand that because my computer is always in the mood. of <laughs> <Pressing> the Lord. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm like, okay, you need to answer me now. She says, I don't want to talk. I'm like, you have to talk now. I don't feel like talking. And I've shared this before. And God said to me, Femi, she's your wife. She's not your computer. Your wife has emotions. Your computers don't. The day they develop emotions, she'll run away. (laughs) Your wife has their own opinions. Your computer shouldn't. So because we use my and we bring it to my, we seriously, we get confused. We don't know we are confused, but we are actually confused. And unfortunately, when we now bring it to my God, sometimes we think God exists for our use and for our pleasure. And at our beck and call, we think that God, my God, and my computer are the same. We think that my God and my and my husband or my wife are the same. And CS Lewis says therein lies the problem of worship. Because when we come to worship, while God is personal. He is who he is. I am that I am. I am who I am. I am not what you think I am. I am not what you say I am. I am who I am. Praise the name of the Lord. So, uh, um, Augustine of Hippo put it this way. I mean, you know, I quote a lot from his work. Augustine of Hippo, he says, idolatry is is worshipping what should be used and using what should be worshipped. That is idolatry. God says you will not, you should, you you must not commit adultery, idolatry. Sorry. (laughs) And and idolatry is worshiping what should be used and using what should be worshipped. Idolatry is when we regard the one who is to be worshipped as a tool that exists for our convenience and our pleasure, as idolatry. Idolatry is putting the things that we love in place of God. Or seeing God as a means of getting the things that we love. You know, we see God as a tool. And that is the second greatest battle of man. The battle of worship. The struggle of worship. Is it me or Jesus? Is it going to be me or is it going to be Jesus? Is it going to be me or is going to be Jesus? Second greatest struggle of man. So, if we take Augustine's, I mean, definition of, of, of idolatry, and we look at the two different components, you know, it will really help us in our work with God, in our worship of God. The first component is worshipping what should be used. That's the first component. Worshipping what should be used. Taking the things to be used and putting them in the place of the one who is to be worshipped. It's idolatry. Taking my computer that is to be used and putting it in the place of God as idolatry. My car, the same thing. That's idolatry. you know. My house, my career, my business. That's it. If, we, if we put it in the place of God, the problem. My sports. Some of us like playing sports. Sometimes it's a problem. Some of us we like watching sports. Sometimes the problem. You know, the man watches sports, he controls the remote control of the house. Nobody can watch any other thing but sports. And he sits down with the remote control and he's sleeping off. He has slept off the wife. Waited patiently for twenty minutes. This guy is sleeping. She removes the remote control and she changes. Her. He wakes up. Said, "You are rebellious." <laughs> no, come on, relax. Today is Father's Day. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All these are gifts from God. They are gifts from God. But, you see, but the problem is, when created things take the place of the creator, they become idols. There's nothing wrong with sports. There's nothing wrong with TV. There's nothing wrong with computers. There's nothing wrong with your family. There's nothing wrong with anything that God has blessed you with. But the problem is, don't make them gods. So, you would ask. And that's the question I asked. So, okay, pastor, I've... I've, 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 I've confused a few things and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm playing God in different areas. I admit a few things God, even though it's, it's hard for me to admit that. But the question is how do I dethrone this God? Or if, if, if it ever happens to me, how do I dethrone this God? It's actually very simple. To dethrone this God, you need to just ask a simple question. What is this for? What is the purpose of this? Ask what they are for. For instance, for some people, their families their families, is their God. They worship their family. But when you ask, what is my family for? God has blessed me with a family. Our families become idols when we forget what they are for. What's your family for? My family is it's, it's a representation of God's kingdom on earth where righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is, 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 is saturated in. My family is a place where destinies are nurtured, where where life is being birthed and and nurtured for the glory of God. That is what my family is. If you don't know what your children are for, you would think (laughs) a lot of people are actually worshipping their children. Children are mini-gods these days. They are mini-gods. And a lot of them are beginning to know it. A lot of them are beginning to know it. They don't say it, but they, they, they know that they are your God. Why? Because you just pull one string and you worship. Praise the name of the Lord. When you don't know what your children are for, you are, going to, you are bound to worship them. In fact, I think this Dr. Maizmuro says it popularly a lot of times, that when purpose is, is not known, abuse is inevitable. You can't stop it. So what are your children for? Simply put, you are a custodian. You're a caretaker. Imagine a caretaker trying to lay claim on the house. What would the landlord do? It's just a funny arrangement. You are to nurture the children and release them. Remember I said release them. You are to nurture them to the glory of God. It's a rare privilege that God has given you. And release them to fulfill their destinies. It is only human beings out of all the creation of God, that lay holes on his on his uh, offspring till he dies or she dies or attempts to. It's only human beings. And it's unhealthy. Even God says, for this purpose, shall a man leave his father and mother and form his own new family. You, not necessarily, I'm not saying you should abandon your parents. But I'm saying you have to leave them. You have to leave them. You have to go and set up your own, your own stuff. It's only, <laughs> I mean, we are even very worse of Africans in doing that. People <laughs> grow up, their only retirement plan is their children. There's no pension planning, nothing. The only retirement plan. Is their children. So the children now become their assets. It's an abuse. Everywhere is quiet now. It's very quiet. It's an abuse. You're destroying those lives of those children. You don't know. It's only. In this part of the world, even in the Western world, if your child is living in your house, it's paying rent after 18. Do you know that? Pay rent or get out. It's only in this part of the world. You want all your children under your roof so that you can be feeding them. Something is wrong with that. That's where you should clap. That's good preaching right there. (laughs) I I know I'm hitting hard, but it's the truth. It's only a wealthy man. We build a house here in the same compound. This is for you and your wife. This is for you and your... Come on. You want them to worship you forever. No, it's only God that you should worship. Not any man. Eagles. Eagles push their children out of the nest. Fly or fall. Of course, they try to pick them up again, take them up, push them off again until they learn to fly. Lions, when when the 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 the, the, the cop the, the, the little lion becomes beginning to grow his own bear bear, the, the father will fight that and push it with go and start your pride. But man will say, Stay, let me give you advice. Ah, you don't know life. Life is very hard. You use it to manipulate and control and destroy your children. Ah, it's a jungle out there. Hmm. Experience is talking. How did you you get that experience? Did you bring it from heaven? You stepped out and God was with you. Praise the name of the Lord. Maybe I should leave that (laughs) aside. Go through your life, what is this for? What is this for? What is this for? Ask yourself, have I, as, as what I have received from God become more important to who God is to me? I've received my family from God. Today this weekend is Father's Day weekend, and God bless all our fathers. In Jesus' name, let's start for all the fathers and the fathers to be. Great people. They protect us, they provide for us. They are progenitors, they are priests, they are prophets. Big. What's on their shoulder is big. Praise the name of the Lord. But as fathers, we need to ask ourselves, have I made what God has given me as a gift, have I made it an idol? Have I made it an idol? As what I do for God, ministry for instance, has it become more important than who he is to me? As what I do for God become more important than who God is to me? What I do for God providing for my family, for instance. Do you, you know that it's a, it's a ministry, you're doing it for God? Because God says, if you don't do it, you're, you're putting me to shame, you're worse than an infidel. So, when you provide for your family, you're doing it for God. So, what you're doing for God, providing for your family, has it become more important than God himself? In other words, would you steal to provide for your family and put God to shame because you want to provide for your family? Would you So has it become more important than, than God himself? worshipping what should be used is simply idolatry. God says you will not worship an idol so let 's go to the second one quickly. so the first one is using what's, um, um, worshipping what should be used. The second one is using what should be worshipped in the exact terms of Augustine, but we can rephrase it, using whom should be worshipped. And that's the second dimension of idolatry, attempting to use the one who should be worshipped. It is natural for us human beings, it is natural for us to, to want to leverage on our networks you know, let me, let me use it that way. You know what, when you, when you know people that are powerful, when you have a network of, of, of powerful people that respect you, there's mutual respect, what we tend to do is we tend to leverage on our networks to get ahead or to get out of trouble or to get an advantage. For instance, you are bidding for a business in an organization. And the CEO of the was your childhood friend. What are you going to do? You're going to just pass a call. Say, oh, ah. He said, "Oh, no, 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 no. It's done. Deal. Do it. Forget it. It's done. Go, go to sleep. Or, or maybe you, the IG, you know, the general of police, is is your maybe is your um, uncle. He grew up in your house. Your mom take, took care of him." And, and, and police is harassing you on the road and they want to impound your car. What are you going to do? See, you want to, is this car you want to take? One minute. Someone wants to talk to you. You just yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. You should have said you are. Uh, you know, just be going. <laughs> we we tend to leverage on powerful people. And interestingly, when we come into relationship with God, we bring that same mindset to God. We tend to use God rather than worship God. We tend to use God to solve our problems. What is he useful for? Because that is all we know to do with powerful people. Now we have a relationship with the most powerful being in the universe. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, you must have heard Christians say that his leg is longer. It's very long from heaven to... You've heard that before. Because they are thinking long leg is for what? taking advantage. <laughs> That's what long leg is for. So we are used to using God. It's part of our DNA. They're used to it. And unfortunately, why God doesn't mind? You know, because God doesn't mind blessing us. I mean, God is a, go- is a good God. God is filled with, with is, is magnanimous. But you see, it hurts God if all we want to do is turn him into a genie. It hurts God if all we want to do is, is, is turn him into a genie. You know the story of Aladdin and the lamp. Let's have the video. Short clip. For those that missed the cartoon when we were growing up. What'll it be, master? <laughs> You're gonna grant me any three wishes I want, right? Uh, almost. There are a few uh, provisos, a, a couple of quid pro quos. <laughs> Like, Like? Uh, rule number one, I can't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, so don't ask. Uh, rule number two, I can't make anybody fall in love with anybody else. <laughs> you little them there. Rule number three, I can't bring people back from the dead. <laughs> It's not a pretty picture. I don't like doing it! Other than that, you got it. Hmm. Provisos? You mean limitations? On wishes? <laughs> Some all-powerful genie. Can't even bring people back from the dead. I don't know, Abu. You probably can't even get us out of this cave. Looks like we're gonna have to find a way out of here. Excuse me? <laughs> Are you looking at me? Did you rub my lamp? Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here? And all of a sudden you're walking out on me? I don't think so. Not right now. You're getting your wishes, so STOW! In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 was calling Aladdin, master. Now, interestingly, that's all the genie existed for. Make three wishes. It's big, it's powerful, it's supernatural. It can make things happen. That's all. And many times we, we think God is just a genie. Just a genie. Oh, just rub the lamb and make a wish. You see, there's nothing wrong with God's blessings. There's nothing wrong with God blessing us. What is wrong is when we want to use God rather than worship Him. What is wrong is when we have no intention of of pleasing Him. We just want to use Him to get what we want or what we think is good for us. And in fact, we are most exposed to this, interestingly, in prayer. We are never in more danger of seeing God as a tool than when we come to God in prayer. A lot of prayers, unfortunately, has become a genie request. Do this, genie. Do that, genie. Do that, genie. Genie, genie God, do that. Genie God, do that. And when we even think that God is not doesn't want to do it. We try to blackmail him. You know, did you see Aladdin? Oh, he you, you can't even bring us out of this cave. Then the genie says, I can bring you out of the cave. And he brought them out of the cave. Many times we, use, we think we're using reverse psychology on God. After all, you say you yeah, are God. This cave, you can't even bring us out of this cave. You know the difference between God and genie? The genie feels he has to prove a point. God doesn't feel he has to prove a point. He says, I am that I am. I am God all by myself. I don't need to bring you out of the cave. Like a lady that says to God, you know, I've shared it before. The lady says to God, I've been asking you for this thing. I've been asking you for this thing. And you have not done it for me. If you, I was God. And you were the one asking me for this. I would have done it for you since. She was trying to use she psychology on God, you know. You know that what she was saying to God? That I am more merciful than you. You are the most merciful, but I am more merciful than the most merciful. That's what she was saying. She was saying that I am more compassionate than the most compassionate. A genie can respond to that, but God doesn't have to respond to that. God says you can say anything you want to say. I am who I am. I am that I am. I am I'm secure in myself. I'm complete in myself. I don't need to prove a point. Praise the name of the Lord. So idolatry attempts to put God at my disposal. To make him a genie, to put him at my disposal. Worship on the other hand is putting myself at God's disposal. Idolatry is putting God at my disposal. God, worship is putting myself at God's disposal. Here I am to worship you. I've just come to worship. I've just come. Why have you come today? I'm not saying it's bad to come with a prayer point. Don't get me wrong. It's okay. But why have you come today? Is worship on the top of your list. If it is not... You need to repent of idolatry. Is worship of the living God on the top of your list. That's why I've come to church today. I want to worship God. My service is to God. My service is to worship God. I was sharing the first worship experience yesterday evening. That the, if I look at my prayer life and, and my praying, interestingly, by God's grace, between it may be a large, I mean, I mean um, band I'm giving you. But between, between 70 and 90% of my prayers I just worship. It can be as low as 70, I know. It can be as high as 90. It's just worship. Or rather, don't let me say just worship so that it's not, the it just is not to minimize it, but just because it's only, that's what I mean. So I just come. I just say, say, Father, I've just come to show up. Your boy is here. Just worship him. Worship him. In the beauty of holiness. Just focus on worship. In the splendor of your love. God of light and awesome glory, Lord, I worship you, you're the God. I don't have needs, not because I don't have prayer points, not because you know, if you're pastoring, you have a lot of prayer points, not your own, a lot of prayer points, and it's okay, it's okay. But if I have one hour to pray, I spend at least 30 minutes praising and worshiping, or more than 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes. But by the time I now bring my request for 15 minutes, for some reason it's more effective. I don't know why. It just works better. Some people, we think, as praise and worship finished. Well, me, we I have prayer point too. You're waiting for when we are going to pray. Let's praise and worship. You don't, you're you missing the point. God of light and all Glory. Lord, I will you. Now, if you look at that scripture, Exodus 20, 20, verse 4, it says, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in heavens or on earth or in the sea you must not bow down to them or worship them for i the lord your god i'm a jealous god you see lord god jealous god who will not tolerate your affection. Can you see this is just a love matter? It's a love letter. I was saying, you know, if you, if you don't get the Ten Commandments, if you think it's just a tyrannical statement. This is, God is a love letter. You see, I can't handle you flirting with other men. I mean, today's Father's Day. Men, how many of us can handle our wives Letting man. Be honest. Put up your hand. I, I don't mind if they just, you know. How many of us can handle it? <laughs> Mr. Outside, you can't handle it. I thought you were a very um, um, secure man. I thought you are very secure. Look, let me tell you something. It does us in a different way, in a very strange way. And this is what God is saying here. I can't handle it. I am a jealous God, not from a bad way, but from a good way. I I, I can't I can't stand it. He says, He says, I, I deal with such things. I, I lay the sins of parents upon their children and the entire families affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those that reject me and are unfaithful to me. He says, But guess what? I lavish unfailing love for thousands of generations. On those who do what? Who love me. So when you love God, he affects your children, your children's children, your children's children, your thousands of generations. So why do you want to put, worship your children or worship any other thing? When, when you worship God, it sorts out your generation. Praise the name of the Lord. So, the Lord here is is Yahweh. Meaning, I am who I am. Literally. So, that statement would mean you must not bow down to them, the idols or worship them for I am who I am. Don't try and make me what you want me to be. Loving God means embracing Him. God is our Father. It means embracing Him. Again, Father's Day, loving our fathers, our men, means embracing us and accepting us. Why? Because love accepts and embraces people as they are. I'm not saying love embraces sin as it is. Sin is sin. Sin is to be repented of. Sin is to be repented of but there are certain things in, in our lives as fathers that is not, is not sin, we, just who we are just accept us like that for instance, some of us we just have pot belly is pot belly a sin it's not a sin now so don't make us feel bad and as if something is wrong with us because uh, you fed us well some of us, sometimes you know Our ears recede. Don't abuse us that we are bald-headed. Just accept us for who we are. Sometimes, because we've worked so hard to provide for you and to take care of you, we snore. Don't say, I'm going to leave this room for you. You better go and plug your mouth. Stop shopping for every gadget that will close our mouths when we are sleeping. (laughs) Because it's all about love. And love accepts. And the truth is that attempting to reshape a person to suit your fantasy can be offensive. Either way, attempting to to reshape your wife to suit your fantasy can be offensive. Attempting to reshape your husband can be, or your, or your, can be offensive. Same thing with God can be offensive. Imagine the this, this, this story, you know, I told yesterday, I mean, of a man that's, that's proposing to a lady, Lucas' name, proposing to Lucy. You know Lucas and Lucy? Good. So, Lucas, Lucy has been playing hard to get and she has been, you know, it took a long time before Lucas could get Lucy's attention. Finally, Lucas got Lucy's attention and they're kind of talking about, you know, liking themselves and all that stuff. So, this day, Lucas wanted to pop the question and he goes on his knees, one knee, and opens his his, his ring and and, uh, Lucy was sitting down on the dinner table and you know, she was fanning herself because, oh, you know, she was just, you know, the butterflies were enveloping her. And, 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 and Lucas says, oh, Lucy, I love you so much. And Lucy says, yes, I know. And, and Lucas says, but, you know, because I love you, you know, you know, I need to, just a few things. Because if I don't tell you, nobody else will tell you. Number one. You need to lose some weight. You know, there's an extra back here, and extra back there, you know. Number two, Lucy, I love you, and love love tells the truth. You need to hmm, stop saying hippopotamus. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's, <laughs> Lucy, you know, you, you need to go to finishing school. I mean, you need to understand how to pronounce words. Words. I told you, Lucy, Lucy, you know, you know, I mean, you, you're a good girl. You know, you're, you're really nice. You know, you, I mean, you are beautiful. But you see, you know, when they come close to you and we are talking, you know, you have mouth or door. We need to fix that. Lucy, will you marry me? <laughs> What's the answer? <laughs> she will probably give him a slap. i <laughs> get up and walk out. Why? Because Lucy will say, you, are, you don't love me. You are, you are in love with a fantasy. It's an image of a, in your head. Then you're in love with Go and find that image. I am who I am. This is Lucy. Now, now the, the the point is this love accepts. If you love God, God is saying I am who I am. You can't want to change God. And this sounds ridiculous. Honestly, hearing it sounds ridiculous. But you see, many people are on a mission to either change God or leave God. God will either fit my mold or forget about it. And if it can be offensive to us human beings, how much more God? So if you love God, (laughs) you will embrace him. So the first commandment has to do with getting married. The second commandment has to do with being faithful, not using God to get what we want, but loving Him for who He is. So the question to you this morning do you want a genie? Or do you want the one true and living God? What is it going to be? Let's burn our hearts, let's burn our heads. Do you want a genie? Do you want a genie lamp that you will rob? I have three wishes. I have five wishes. I have ten wishes. I have, oh, you're slow. You can't get us out. Or do you want God? Do you want life? Do you want a real relationship with a real God? What do you want? What will it be, my brother? What will it be, my sister? I want us to talk to God. Talk to God. You may be here and you are saying, to God. I need to come to you, Lord. Now I can see that you love me. Now I can see it's all about love. I need to come to God. You've never given your life to Jesus. Or oh, you used to be born again. And you're backsliding. You've gone back. The life you are living. You are in church. But you know you are not, you are not following God. That is you. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, I don't need you to come forward. Wherever you are seated, that is you. Put up that hand now over your head. Quickly, and we'll pray together. Okay, put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well. God bless you. Over your head, not on your head. Over your head. Sleep it up. Slip it up. Slip it, it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep your hands up. Over there. Why? Right? Over there. God bless you. At the back there. God bless you. That is me. Slip the hands up. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. Over here. God bless you. I've never accepted Jesus. God bless you. Over here. Over there. Oh, I used to be. God bless you. Over there. I used to be with Jesus and pastoring. I want to come to Him. It's all about love. He loves me. I can see it now. Oh, I can see it now. I can see how much He loves me. That is me. Put up that hand. I will pray. Thank you, Father. The rest of us, talk to God about what you have heard. Why don't you reestablish the fact that, say to God, I will serve no foreign God, nor any other idol. Here I am. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you breathe upon everyone, change their lives to God. Bring them into a loving relationship. With you, the Father of life. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus.